Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve Jones will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Having some technical difficulties, so we'll get Steve hopefully going here in a little bit. Uh, big one coming up here today for the show. Once again, a 335 of ESPN's Eagles reporter Tim McManus joining us for the first time on the show today. Of course, lots to talk about with Darius Slay being an Eagle now as the Eagles work a trade for him earlier in the day. They take they trade a third and fifth round pick in this year's draft. I think it's a great trade for both sides. Well done by Howie Roseman. I know I've kind of killed him on the show the last couple of days for letting go of Malcolm Jenkins and the moving of Jalen Mills to safety, but I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit for this one. This certainly helps that sting a little bit because now this is a major upgrade for the Eagles in the secondary. A lot of young guys still kind of developing, still trying to kind of find their way a little bit. But this is a great move by Howie Roseman to upgrade the secondary. Much needed to upgrade cornerback in particular. And now the Eagles might be trading for Yannick Ndokwe from the Jaguars, the pass rusher who was been wanting a new contract from Jacksonville. I believe it held out last year, and he just signed a franchise tag one-year deal worth uh, $18 million, I think it was. And he's been unhappy, wants a new deal, and now the Eagles are trying to work a trade for him, and that would really bolster the Eagles' defensive line. So I I would say the same, if equal to, if not better than what the Eagles had in the year they won the Super Bowl in 2017 with the amount of debt they had on the defensive line. Because you look at it now, you have guys that can... If, especially for you, if you had Yanakwe, you have guys now that can rush the passer from the outside and inside, plus you have guys that can stop the run at the same time. Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Brandon Graham, um, Vinnie Curry, and uh, if you had Yanakwe to the mix, uh, that is potent. And that certainly helps your secondary that's still kind of in the works a little bit here, even though you just added Darius Slate to the mix. So I really like what the Eagles are doing here, so we'll get into that more with Tim McManus at 335 today. Then we talked to Penn State men's basketball coach Patrick Chambers at 406 today. We'll be good to have him on the show. Kind of get an idea of what his mindset has been like through the last couple of days, or last last week or two, I should say, since all the craziness and the cancellations and postponements have occurred because of coronavirus, the coronavirus pandemic across the entire sports world. So that is certainly going to be a good info to hear from good insight to hear from Pat Chambers today and of course he always gives us that no doubt about that 
And we want to hear from you as well. 1-800-795-9565. You can hit us up on our Twitter at Steve Jones PSU. The Steve Jones Show on Facebook as well. On any of this, Eagles, Steelers, Penn State, what are they doing now? We had a couple of good questions yesterday about what Penn State football is doing through this offseason of uncertainty. They can't really do a whole lot on campus because nobody's on campus right now. So anything there, 1-800-795-9565. So still trying to work Steve here. And we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will hopefully have Steve back for you from the Sunbury Motors studio as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. News Radio 1070 WKOK wants you to know about the people and organizations that help make the Susquehanna Valley a better place to live. Scouting needs your help. Flooding on Fishing Creek in 2018 wiped out the Camp Levine Bridge, impacting scouting programs there for nine months until it was replaced. The financial impact of that is still being felt. As a result, Columbia Montour Boy Scout Council has begun a campaign to raise additional funds. If you'd like to honor someone, please consider buying a permanent marker for them at the camp's new bridge to help scouting. Find out how online at Columbia Montour BSA. Look at him, honey. He's studying the green. His hands are steady. His grip on the putter is perfect. His breathing is deliberate and relaxed. Just those legs bend shoulder length apart. Concentrate. Be the ball. That's my boy. It's in the hole. Yes. Is that good, Daddy? Is that good? Yes, that's good. You're a natural. We got to get you a set of clubs. But he's three. He's almost four. The odds of a child becoming a professional golfer... One in 140,000. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 150. You know the odds of autism. Now learn some of the signs. No big smiles or other joyful expressions by six months. No back and forth sharing of sounds or facial expressions by nine months. And no babbling by 12 months. To learn more of the signs and more about autism, visit autismspeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Great to have you with us on the show today. And uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, let's get to a couple of quick notes for you uh, in the sports world. Let's start with this. We've been talking the NBA, which has received unjust criticism because they're beginning tests, have been doing it through a private firm. And the reason they've done it to a private firm is that they're not taking up any public testing kits when they do it. That's the reason. But what they're doing, though, is in their testing, they're giving us at least with what is obviously... Now, let's point out, do not for a second make the wrong assumption that, well, they're they're young, healthy athletes. It's not just the players they're testing. They're testing the front office people. They're testing the travel parties. Okay? They're not all young, healthy people in the travel parties. Okay? Okay? Uh, you know the broadcasters, everybody. Okay, they're all getting. You know, everybody's been getting tested. So we know about what has happened so far with the uh, with the Utah Jazz. There were 60 people in that travel party. 
We know that Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive. We know Donovan Mitchell tested positive. The other 58 all tested negative. The team that they were playing that night happened to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, the Thunder released today that every person in their organization tested negative. We know with the Detroit Pistons, they played the Jazz. One player, Christian Wood, tested positive. The rest tested negative. Then there is uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, four have tested positive, including Kevin Durant. I also believe that the rest then ended up testing negative. So, you know, this is... uh, uh, it's at least, to me, giving some interesting results uh, to the point where the assumption would be made, let's just take the Jazz, for example, in a travel party of 60, obviously Rudy Gobert, yes, Donovan Mitchell, yes, but wouldn't the assumption be that they'd be, let's just pick a minimum number, a dozen? A dozen? Just, I mean, I'm just throwing out a number, uh, which would be 20%. Instead, it was 58 to 2. Now, you feel badly, I mean, for Donovan Mitchell, you feel badly for Rudy Gobert, okay? But evidently, both are uh, going through, I mean, they have both said they're, they, they're doing well enough. How about that? Uh, Oklahoma City was an offer. Toronto was an offer. Uh, one for Detroit. Now we know about Brooklyn with four. But three of the four are asymptomatic. Just, I mean, it's just been interesting to see that, the, uh, for example, uh, the L.A. Kings and the Anaheim Ducks went through private firms. Those two NHL teams, they both tested the entire group, all of them organizationally, all tested negative. That's great news. Uh, now, the great news doesn't extend across the board, obviously. I mean, that's that's, 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 that's not, not happening, happening across, across the board. The board. Uh, and I think that's you know, and you know, so I mean, obviously, we've got we have to live. And we know it, and the numbers are all going to go up. Now, the reason the numbers are going to go up is simple: is now you have testing for it. Because you have testing for it, the numbers are going to go up. Because now you have more concrete numbers to work with. Uh, but let's just see how the next few weeks play out. You're going to see more test positive. I'm going to guess, in talking to all of you out there, that most of you feel are feeling pretty good. You're being sick of being cooped up. I'm, I'm sure that's that's a fact. Um, uh, but I will can I, let me say this about the restaurants for a moment. Let me say this about the restaurants for a moment. Uh, do I hear it now? Hear us uh, working over here? I've got you here. 
uh, do you have me on here? Yes, I got Hello you here. There. Okay, there we go. Yep. Good. We're using the backup system there for a moment. You got me loud and clear? Yep, I there got you go. loud and clear. We are good to go Perfect. now. Perfect. There we there go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, you have to make an adjustment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang up the other one. There we go. Other one hung up. Uh, let me tell you something. That, uh, I'm going to guess that most restaurants in the Valley have takeout right now. Is that fair? Yes, and actually we have a full list on um, all of our station websites. It's called Essential Eats, and it's got all the list of the restaurants that have all the different takeouts and drive throughs yeah. and everything available right now. Yep. We did takeout last night. And, again, this is, you know, again, I want to make sure to always preface this, if you have the means. Right? So let's just start with if you have the means. Fair enough? Absolutely. Patronize our restaurants. And if you have the means... If you could tip a little extra, that'd be great. Again, this is if you have them. If you don't, please stay within your means. But if you have the means, and you can, you know, and you can, you can, you can get takeout, and you can, and, and tip a little extra. Man, it's, you know, we did that last night. We did that last night. You know, got takeout. Um, tipped extra last night, you know. And Matt knows how really cheap I am. No, I'm just kidding. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, no, that's that's not my nature. I'm very appreciative of yes, of, you always of, are. of service of service. Always am. Uh, and but you know, I did. I you know, I I did tip extra. And the, there's two reasons why. Number one, because I think it's the right thing to do. Let's start with that. Because I'm trying to support. You know, people that are working hard in, in in tough times. And number two, I feel like it's important that I set an example. And so, I mean, so if you can do that, that'd be great. Uh, I did see the uh, now tomorrow sponsors. I, I saw that I was texting the picture of the sign of Brewers Outlet. <laughs> our our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Hey. They got food. They got beverages. You know, it's... You know, whatever we can do to support our neighbors, and part of supporting our neighbors is supporting our businesses, right? Because that's where our neighbors work. And uh, I think that's really, really important. Coming up today, Tim McManus... Boy, we got a lot to talk to him about. Darius Slay. Yes. Darius Slay. Good job, Howie. Yeah. Pick. I mean, talk to. We're going to talk to to uh, Tim about that in just a few minutes. Then Patrick Chambers in the four oh six half hour. In uh, what I assure you will be an emotional talk with him. And we have others to talk to along the way. We have, okay, we're going to talk over the next few shows 
for the next few shows, a reporter from the Washington Post on what's happening with gambling. We're going to talk with someone from um, uh, Alan Best on sports uh, business. We've got that coming up. Ryan Snyder on football recruiting. We've got that coming up. Um, I mean, these are all things we got coming up in the next week. We got Seth Greenberg. Uh, the foot is far off the pedal on this show. We are working hard to uh, get as many intriguing guests on as possible. Being asked the usual list of mediocre questions. What? <laughs> I just can't stand when the suit says, ask this, and then you feel like you have to. And then the guest rolls their eyes. I mean, is that good? Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. Patrick Chambers in the next half hour. And now joining us is Tim McManus, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles. Tim, an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the time you're giving us today. Uh, It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's start with this right out of the gate. Big news, getting Darius Slay uh, from the Detroit Lions. Your thoughts on the deal and what it means to the Eagles? Well, it was a move that they had to make. They were initially in pursuit of Byron Jones, kind of the the big-name cornerback on the free agent market. But Jones opted for Miami. You know, they have no state tax there down in Florida, and it's out of the NFC East, and I think that's the direction that Jones wanted to go. Once the Eagles realized that, they knew that they had to pivot uh, because they have a a huge need at cornerback, and and they turned to the trade market. They had uh, been in pursuit of Slay last year and tried to get him before the deadline, weren't able to come to a deal. Uh, but finally they get to work it out and and they give up a three and a five in this year's draft and and also have to pay him a a three-year 50 million dollar extension so you're you're allocating a lot of resources to a a 29 year old uh, cornerback and slay but he's one of the best in the business and is undoubtedly going to make this team better yeah and when you look at the eagles uh in making this move what does that do now at that spot and the fact that they didn't have to give up a one or a two, how much does that help? I think that's really big because they are they are trying to get younger. And they had 10 draft picks. Now that's down to eight. But they still have a healthy amount of resources to go and attack other positions like wide receiver, which is another pressing need. And fortunately for the Eagles, they're running into a, a, a wide receiver group that has been deemed historic in this upcoming draft. Uh, but really, and it settles things down in the back end. Of course, they, they lose Malcolm Jenkins, let him walk. He goes to the Saints. And, and that's a huge blow, somebody that has meant so 
so much to this organization in so many ways and has really been the glue of that locker room. Uh, but Slay has a, a sort of similar reputation in terms of the stand-up guy that he is and locker room presence that he can be, and it really settles down your back end. Who's going to be working opposite him at cornerback is to be determined. They have a couple young guys like Avante Maddox and Russell Douglas and Sidney Jones that could vie for the spot, uh, but it looks like it's going to be Jalen Mills and Roddy McClown at the back end uh, as your safeties, and so you're starting to see kind of the defensive secondary picture come into focus. And let's get to what you did touch on, and that is we know the Eagles are going to need wideouts. And you talked about the historic depth of this draft. I know when K.J. Hamler was considering whether to go pro or not, that's something I had discussed with some people about, look, there's so many wideouts in this draft. And I understand why K.J. wants to go. I, I, I get it. But how much does that play a role that the Eagles feel that they can get a really good player, even if they draft that wide out in round two? Yeah, and I think that the, the Eagles recognize sort of with the construct of their roster right now, paying Carson Wentz a, a large sum of money like they are, and same with Fletcher Cox, and now the same applies to Slay and a couple of other guys, Hargrave, they just brought in at a big number, that they're going to have sort of a, a limited cap vulnerability here uh, where where they, they're they going to have to rely on younger players to some extent to step in and do the job. And I think that they're thinking like that heading into 2020 where there's going to be some rookies that are going to have to line up for them and play. And I think that wide receiver uh, is a perfect candidate for that. And, and I do think that they're going to go early and often at wide receiver and take advantage of that depth. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they took somebody in the first round. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they double-dipped, uh, you know, earlier in the draft as well, and whether it be second or third round. And so I think that they are going to take advantage of that, and they're going to rely on that talent uh, to help carry and patch some of the other holes on the roster. So let's get to the Malcolm Jenkins part for a moment. He's been he's been important for so many years, um, and it's interesting because uh, I've referenced this a couple of times, but it was the. Um, uh, a football life, the Bill Walsh episode, and I watched it. And it may have been over the weekend, late last week, whenever. And part of that was um, he looked at Randy Cross and he said, "I think you've got six more years left in your career. I only want the three good ones." In some ways, is this a f- the philosophy with with Malcolm Jenkins? I mean, or was it just pure money? I think that uh, money does does come into consideration here. I don't think it was a, an easy decision for the Eagles, uh, given that Jenkins, while well, yes, he's 32, has kind of been like the one reliable guy uh, in the defensive secondary. And, of course, they went through um, a, a bad breakup with Brian Dawkins before him, and they had a hard time filling that safety spot until until Malcolm Jenkins came along. And so I don't think it was easy. Uh, he was the, the undisputed leader of that 2017 Super Bowl team. But Jenkins wanted to get into a different level uh, than his, his contract was currently at. He was due to make $7.6 million. He wanted a, a rather significant bump from that. And the Eagles are looking at this money allocation model, and they knew that they wanted to get a big-name cornerback in here. And it's just like how do you piece it all together without uh, getting too tight up against the cap making sure that you're looking at the next two to three years uh, and and forecasting yourself and setting up yourself well for the future uh, so that you have a sustained run 
with a quarterback in Carson Wentz who has a lot of good years ahead of him, they believe. And so all of those things kind of came together to lead to what was a tough decision to kind of break off from one of the most valuable members in franchise history, Malcolm Jenkins, and kind of start the next chapter. Right. Uh, just a side note, uh, were you surprised at, in any way, shape, or form with the Nick Foles deal from Jacksonville to the Bears? No, actually, I think it's it's a good fit for him. And, you know, I've, I've seen multiple iterations of Foles through his career, his first time in Philly, and then what happened when he left. He almost retired when he played under Jeff Fisher in St. Louis, uh, goes to Andy Reid, and finally comes back, and, and we know what happened in that 2017 year. And he followed that up by kind of resuscitating the team in 2018 and, and bringing them into the playoffs and almost uh, past the divisional round. Uh, fit is so important for Foles. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that it didn't work in Jacksonville. And at this, by the same token, it would not surprise me at all if it worked very well for him in Chicago because he's going to be surrounded by a head coach in Matt Nagy who he has a relationship with from their time in Philadelphia who I think would uh, vibe very well. They'd vibe very well with one another. And also John DiFilippo, his quarterback's coach in Philadelphia during that championship run is the quarterback's coach with Chicago. And so I think that there's going to be a comfort level that's going to allow Foles uh, to reach kind of some of the potential that we've seen before. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that the that the move was made you know, I know that the Minshew mania was going pretty strong in Jacksonville, <laughs> and I think it was it was the right uh, it was the right fit all along to to get him into a, a spot that I think will work well for him. Your thoughts now on the signing of Javon Hargrave, three years, thirty nine million. Yeah, so uh, you can make a case when we're, we're talking about this, you know, resource allocation, like why go defensive tackle when they already have Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson in place? And, and I think a more pressing need would be edge rushers. But they're harder to come by. And we know that the Eagles like to invest in defensive line, and they believe uh, that Hargrave is, a, is an ascending player, uh, which is kind of hard to find in free agency, and one that's more of a natural 4-3 three technique as opposed to a nose tackle which he was playing in Pittsburgh and so they feel like there's some untapped potential in this guy and that if you can get him paired with Cox in the middle and maybe kick Malik Jackson out on the outside in some of these these rushing situations that you can wreak some serious havoc and so I'm not down on it uh, you know people who want to dispute uh, whether it was right to pay a defensive tackle big money when they had a couple good ones I understand it but I, I think uh, you know their core philosophy is making sure that you're strong up front and uh, you know they can continue to, to go in that direction here and so I think it'll probably work out pretty well for them all right, so now let's talk about a couple of losses. Vitae ends up going to Detroit, Jordan Howard to Miami. We talked about Jenkins already, so that's been covered. But what about those two? And I mean, let's face it, Miles Sanders is there, so Jordan Howard, I'm, I'm sure, saw the handwriting on the wall. Yeah, I think that's right. And and Howard really was serviceable when he was here before he got hurt and was kind of the lead yes, back. Yes, he was. Miles Sanders was, was getting his legs, right? Uh, but Sanders has just really taken off. Uh, the you know all the potential that I'm sure you guys uh, witnessed firsthand, and we got to see during the spring and summer really showed itself uh, towards the end there. And there's no question, you know, who's going to be the lead back here in Philadelphia for the foreseeable future. And uh, you know, Boston Scott also acquitted himself well when he got in there. And so I think it would have been you know nice for the Eagles to have somebody like Howard back, but but not that big of a surprise that he moves on and they'll find a third back to come in. You know, whether it's LaShawn McCoy or, or somebody of that ilk, I think that they're going 
going to add somebody before everything is said and done. And then uh, Vitae uh, was a, a valuable piece of depth for this team stepped in. He was the starting left tackle at Super Bowl 52 and uh, showed versatility. He could play on both sides and it was a luxury for them to have. It's just, you know, once you get into a point where he hits free agency, you're going to get outbid by teams that are are hungry for tackles and there's a lot of them in this league because of the the dearth of of quality offensive linemen in this league right now. And so Jason Peters goes and Vitae goes and so you're in a situation where, where the Eagles are a little bit more thin uh, than they're used to at tackle. It puts Andre Dillard in the spot of kind of sink or swim, and somebody like Jordan Maialata behind him, uh, you know, the former Australian rugby football player, uh, and see what he can do. Um, so this is going to be uh, this is going to be a test, I think, for them. And uh, the one thing that they have going for them is their offensive. Line coach and Jeff Stoutland is uh, one of the best in the business, and, and he has um, a reputation for, for getting guys coached up. And so I expect that to be a big factor here. Okay, it's not just what the Eagles do, it's what the people around them also do. I know when I'm looking at Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball, and people ask me about where do you think Penn State can end up. I not only talk about what Penn State has done to get better, but I talk about what's the landscape around them. So when you look at what Dallas has done, and to a lesser extent Washington and the Giants and what they've done or not done, what's your thought about the landscape in the NFC East pre-draft now after the free agent phase? I feel like the, the Eagles are in a pretty favorable spot. I mean, when I look at the Giants, they've been beefing up on defense at the linebacker position. Um, you know that's okay, but I don't. But I see uh, some people leaving out of out of Dallas's door uh, because of their cap situation, and then they just they they ink Amari Cooper to a very large deal. Good player, but you know you're putting a lot of money there, and it's going to limit them elsewhere. And so I think that one thing that's very important is to you know to have people that are really good at projecting out uh, to make sure that you're not losing some of your core players. And I think that's something that. The Eagles have generally done well. They're starting a bit of a new chapter, and there's a lot of question marks uh, when it comes to what does it look like without Malcolm Jenkins kind of being the North Star uh, in that locker room and on that defense. Uh, what is it going to mean with Jason Peters exiting? And uh, But they feel like they have supplemented that with guys that they've been kind of training to, to take the next step. And so, you know, all, all things being equal, I feel like the, the Eagles are having a pretty good offseason so far relative to the NFC's competition uh, with the understanding that there are a couple question marks hanging over their heads and still a long way to go here before they lace them up. Yeah, because obviously, Tim, the big question will be about the Cowboys. I mean, Elliott's already there. They re-signed Cooper. They tagged Prescott. What do you think I mean, of Dallas? Because Dallas, to its credit, can still do things like that and still be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> they, right. they're, they're really, they are really are remarkable in that way. Uh, but what do you think of what Dallas has and has not done? Well, so on offense, they kept those those three star players, as you mentioned. Um, but you know, on on the defensive side, you know, Byron Jones uh, was one of the the top cornerbacks in the game. Yep. Is no now question. in Miami. You know, Quinn leaves, and so they've lost some pass rush, and they've lost uh, you know. You know, one of the best pieces in, in their defensive secondary. And so I can't say that they've gotten appreciably better, at least not yet. 
Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, also, you know, could you have done things earlier with um, with Amari Cooper so that you're not paying top dollar like they had to do? Could you have gotten Prescott in uh, where you don't have to go year to year and, and worry about these tags that you have to apply to them? So, but as, yeah, as you say, I mean, they can have this star power, but still, uh, you know, questionable philosophies uh, as, as how they're going about their business. And I'm not sure, at least as of right now, that they've gotten better this offseason. Interesting. Tim, an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Of course. It was uh, it was a joy being on. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Tim McManus, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles, does a great job. A lot of Eagles ground to cover. I know that, as I was talking about Malcolm Jenkins, Captain Bitter over here. <laughs> well, let's say I'm doing better now that we've, we've made a good move to help the secondary. Darius Slay a corner. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great move. And the compensation they gave up was tremendous because they still keep the third-round pick as they had a 103rd pick overall compensatory. So they only gave up number 85. And then they gave up a fifth-round pick, which is fine because the Eagles have three fourth-round picks. Right. So the Eagles are in great shape with the draft still with eight picks, and they get one of the best quarters right now in the league. I could see them now going wide out right away first round. As they should. I can see them. And it's going to be because there's so many good wide outs in this draft. I know. Yeah. It, it, this, it, this is this is going to be a big draft, I think, for the Eagles. They have to. Howie Roseman's kind of been up and down with evaluating draft players the last few seasons. This is a huge draft for him as to this team's future, especially on the offensive side, getting weapons for Carson Wentz. If you don't hit on this draft, then I don't know how you don't hit on any other draft. Look, I can see through this draft so many good wide receivers coming into the league, and wide receiver has become, look, the pivotal position's quarterback. The exciting position in this league is wideout. Well, this league is about to get an injection of big-time wide receiver talent. Henry Ruggs, K.J. Hamler, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, you keep going on and on and on with the number of guys that can step in and be big-time and exciting, not just big-time, but exciting contributors in the league. That's an exciting prospect. All right, we'll take a break. Patrick Chambers, next half hour. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. That's right, Purdy Insurance will do that for you. It will get you the best rate possible, and you're insured. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Boy, a lot of uh, information. Now, Todd Gurley's been released by the Rams. And the uh, it's no surprise, um, because for whatever reason, Todd Gurley, after he got hurt, when he got hurt, I mean, do you even know, Matt, when he got hurt? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out where he got hurt last year. Uh, it had to be sometime during the Rams' uh, Super Bowl run. Because, well, no, it was during that time. No, no, it yeah. was during that time. I just, I'm just trying to figure out what game it was. Yeah, it's, it's hard because, to say because the Rams weren't exactly transparent about it. I mean, the whole during the whole Super Bowl week, no. Sean, Sean McVay was pretty much mulling the situation and. We never got answers from the Rams pretty much after that and throughout 
the last two seasons, really, because he's barely played and he doesn't and he hasn't looked like himself. No, not even close. I mean, not even close. Uh, to be frank with you, and uh, so him being released, not a shocker. You know, we, we talked about all the versatility, what he brings, and so forth. I kept telling everybody, say Barkley's way ahead of this guy. Way ahead. Look, when Gurley was healthy, he was really, really good. But the problem was, in the last year and a half, he has not been healthy. And so he has now been released by the Rams. And then, you know, they're talking about the cap struggles they have. This is more than a cap struggle. Yeah, Adam Schefter says struggle. the Rams were, were spending weeks exploring a trade for him, and by cutting him today, that spares the Rams from having to pay him an additional $10.5 million. Well, again, you know, this come, right, this comes up to, what, June 1st? Yeah. You might as well, you know, might, might, the June 1st is the key number all the time when it comes to whether a player stays or goes. This one to do it now, and I think they, they try to explore a trade for him. They probably found no market. You know, I mean, I'm not even sure I'd give a seventh for him because he, he hardly has been playing. He's been spot playing. Uh, I mean, it's simple as that. Uh, oh, well. I mean, the Eagles still have Miles Sanders, so you're still happy, and your happiness is important to this show. <laughs> yes, I know. Thank you. Overall, I've been happy with the Eagles. Just I don't like the Malcolm Jenkins thing. That's all. I think other than that, Howie's done a pretty good job so far. Randy Cross. Think Randy Cross. you got six more years left in the league. I only want your three really good ones. Not the answer Randy Cross wanted to hear. All right, Patrick Chambers, next half hour, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, KR Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.